I believe I have a word from God today, and I believe that God wants to speak to somebody in this room, maybe somebody watching via live stream today. Maybe you're going to watch this in weeks to come or those that are in the cafe or the balcony. I believe that God really wants to say something to us, but I believe that today we need the Holy Spirit's presence and power, his voice to speak clearly. And so I'm going to ask you once again to stand your feet. And let's pray. And uh, I want us to really pray. I, I want us to spend some moments in prayer together. Not just kind of this short little, but I want us to really ask the Lord's blessing and his presence. So come on. If you know how to pray, pray right now. Come on. Let's just pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we worship you, Lord God. God, we worship you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Come today, Lord, in this place, Lord. God, we pray that you would just heal our hearts, oh God. Let your word speak today to us, Lord God. Let us be open to what you want to say to us, oh God. You are a miracle working, God. We thank you for the miracles that we've already seen in our lives, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, for the healings, Lord, that we've seen, Lord. Thank you for those that have been set free, Lord God. They've been, they've been delivered, God, from drug addiction, Lord God. Been, been delivered, Father God, from other kinds of addictions in their life, oh God. Thank you, Lord God, for the stories, oh God, that we have the testimonies we have of your faithfulness, oh God. Thank you, Lord God. There are times in our life, God, that we didn't know how we were going to make it, Lord, but you came through, Lord. You came through. You gave us grace and strength, oh God. You kept us, Lord God, from going to alcohol and drugs, Lord, but you kept us steadfast, Lord God, in your word, Father God. Your word, God, is, is so, Lord, powerful in our life, Lord. It strengthens us. It encourages us. It guides us. It leads us. It empowers us, Lord, in times of weakness, Lord God. And when we are weak, Lord, you make us strong, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, for your strength, oh Lord. Thank you, God, for the confidence that we have in our God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're making us a light in this dark world, oh God. That you're giving us, Lord, hope, oh God, and a future, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you're going to use us, Lord. God, you're going to use our stories, Lord. You're going to use our God's stories, Lord, to help somebody else, a neighbor, a friend, a relative, Lord God. Lord, you're not through with us yet, Lord God. God, you're going to finish. You're faithful to finish the work that you began in us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah, Lord. If God has been good to you, if you understand the faithfulness of the Lord, come on, just begin to praise him today. If, that, if you understand that today. Hallelujah, Lord God. Lord, move up and down the aisles of this church today, Lord. Let the power, let the power of your Holy Spirit work in this place today. Let the anointing of God break every chain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Holy, holy, holy Spirit, come. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I remember one time I was in Jamaica and uh, the island of Jamaica. You may be seated. And uh, I was preaching a message. And I'll never forget, I was preaching a message about when we get to heaven. What, how our reaction will be when we get to heaven, when we see Jesus. And this lady in the back row, she started running up and down the aisle of the church, you know, and she started screaming, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah. And, you know, I thought to myself, I said, man, she's messing up my sermon right now. I said, sit down, lady, inside. I was like, sit down, lady, come on, you're interrupting my sermon. And the Holy Spirit, he quickened my heart and he rebuked me and he said, if you, were, if you went through what that woman went through in her lifetime, if you felt the pain that that woman went through and if you know her story, you wouldn't tell her to stand, sit down. You tell her to keep running and shouting and rejoicing in the presence of the Lord. Amen. The deeper the trial, the deeper the pain. The greater the gain, the deeper the trial, the deeper the story, the more the testimony. Amen? The more the testimony of the faithfulness of God, 
in our life. I want you to look at Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter four. Do I got that right? Is it chapter four? I didn't, I didn't have the exact chapter on my, my notes here. When the whole nation, verse four, the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you are to stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. And each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of Israel to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask what do these stones mean tell them the story tell them the story about how I parted the Jordan River tell them the story of my faithfulness This morning, I want to continue my series, God Is, and and thus far, we have learned that God is a sovereign God, that God is in control of everything, that God is a God of love, that God is love, and everything he does is motivated by his love. Even when he allows us to go through difficult times, it's motivated by his love. We talked about God who is able, that God is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless on that wonderful day in which we see Jesus, that God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above and beyond what we can ask or imagine, that God is able to keep us, that God is able to do a great work, that God is able to do a miracle in our life. Last week, Pastor Saul came, and he's a good friend of mine from Cuba, and I know that he spoke a word. I told him, I said, Pastor Saul, preach the word. Pray for people, because he's got such a strong presence of God in his life, and I thank God for his life. We're great friends. I plan on going back to Cuba in April to do a, a big revival service in Cuba and work with some of the leaders in Cuba, and I can't wait to get back to Cuba. But this morning, I want to talk to you about another characteristic of God. And if we understand the story, we'll understand exactly what God wants to say to us today. And so, really, God has his people come to the the doorstep of the promised land, and they, they had been there 40 years earlier. It should have only taken them a few days or maybe a week or so to get into the promised land, but because of their rebellion, now they have wandered in the desert for 40 more years. You remember that the people of God rebelled against God's word to go in and take the land because fear paralyzed them. And after they had seen incredible things, after they had seen God's faithfulness for 40 years, after God faithfully feeds them with manna every single day, they never had to worry about food because God fed them. After they saw God provide water from the rock and even they witnessed God keeping their very shoes from wearing out, and now they're guided every single day by a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day, now they're once again at the doorstep of the promised land, and God tells Joshua, today I'm going to do something amazing. Once again, I'm going to part the water so that you can go over into the promised land. Today, I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Today, I'm going to make the people of Israel pass on the other side, and not one person will be lost. Not one person will be left behind. And today, I'm going to fulfill my promise that I made. 40 years earlier to the people of Israel that if they would believe me, they would enter into the promised land, a land that flows with milk and honey, a land that flows with every good thing. Today, I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to show you that I'm able. I'm going to show you that I'm Yahweh, the God who always was. I'm going to show you that I'm all-powerful. I'm going to show you that I'm a promise 
keeping God and that I'm faithful to every word that I spoke to you in the past. But unfortunately, the people of Israel, just like us, they had a disease. It was called miracle amnesia. You see, they often forgot what God did in the past. They often forgot the times that God was faithful to them. You see, God said to Joshua, I want you to get stoned so that they can remember because my people, they really have a hard time remembering my faithfulness and my goodness. You see, they, they quickly forget the things that I've done. And as a result of that, they tend to grumble and complain. So Joshua, I want you to command 12 leaders from each tribe of Israel to take up a stone from the middle of the Jordan, right in the middle of their situation, right in the middle of their circumstance, right in the middle when they need to have the most faith, when they see the most difficult situation in their life, I want you to take a stone and I want you to tell them to take it and place it at Gilgal. Now Gilgal, that word Gilgal means circle. It means circle. So they understand that they've been circling for how long? For 40 years. And now God is saying, I want you to show the people of Israel and when generations come, when they come and go and when your children ask you, what does it mean that you have set up 12 stones at Gilgath? You can say, look, even though you've wandered for 40 years, even though you've been rebellious, even though you don't deserve to be on this side of the Jordan River, even though you have done things that would uh, disqualify you from being the people of God, my grace is sufficient for you in my son. I give you all things and every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus and I want you to tell your people I want you to tell your sons and your daughters that God has always been faithful to his promises as the Bible says when we are faithless God still remains faithful because he cannot deny who he is come on somebody God is faithful God is faithful Tell them the story of redemption. When they ask you, what does it mean? Tell them the story of Adam and Eve. Tell them the story that Adam and Eve fell, but God was faithful. Tell them the story of Noah, but God was faithful. Tell them the story of Abraham. Tell them the story of Moses. Tell them that you were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. Tell them that I delivered you from bondage. Tell them how I led you all the way through the wilderness and the desert. Tell them how your forefathers rebelled against me, but I was still faithful to them because I'm faithful to my word. No matter what man does, I'm still faithful. God cannot lie. God is not a man that he should lie, but God is is faithful to every word that he speaks and not one word will fall to the ground without serving its purpose tell them that your shoes never wore out tell them that I guided you all the way through the wilderness tell them that that I could come and I could have destroyed them but I did not because I was faithful to my promises. Tell them how you went through the Red Sea. Tell them how you almost lost out on the promises of God, but how I was faithful. And let these 12 stones remind you of my incredible faithfulness in your life. Never, never, never forget what I have done. In fact, the Bible is filled with moments where God does something spectacular where God speaks a word. You see, the greatest thing that God could do is speak a word to us, a rhema word, a word to us about our future, a word to us about our situation, a word to us about his faithfulness. And all through the Bible, we find that God speaks to men and women of God. And notice when God speaks, when God shows up, they always build an altar. Did you ever notice that? God speaks to Abraham. He tells Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of all nations. And through you, all the world is going to be blessed. And now Abraham's waiting. That promise came when he was 75. But now God speaks again to Abraham. Abraham leaves his father and his mother. He leaves his family and he goes on this journey of faith. You see, all of the Old Testament needs to be seen in the light of the New Testament, and we need to recognize that every story, every story leads to Christ, his faithfulness in our life. But every story, there's a lesson to learn about our journey of 
faithfulness and our journey of God's faithfulness and our, our journey of faith, right? And so now Abraham is on this journey and notice what happens in Genesis chapter 12. Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and their possessions which they had accumulated and the persons which they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to the land of Canaan. They set out to the land of Canaan. Remember, the land of Canaan is the land that God promised to the Israelites, amen? But he wasn't in the land as of yet. He just was setting out for the promised land. But God gives him this promise. Now, I have to stop right now, and I have to tell you that it's, it, the Bible never negotiates the Bible never tells us that that land belonged to anyone but the Israelites. And I know that there are going to be people that tell you that the land really belonged to somebody else. But the land always belonged to the Jews. It was always promised by God that they would live in that land. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Glory to God. That's important for where we are today in history. But God makes this promise to Abraham. He says, you will someday live in the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan, and Abraham passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the Oak of Morah. Now the Canaanites were in this land. The giants, those people that were in the land, the Canaanites were, were absolute ferocious. They were, they were vindictive. They were cruel. They were mean. They would just destroy you. And, and God is putting them in this land. Now notice. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give you this land. What he was saying is, is I've made a promise to you, and I'm going to keep my promise. Notice what Abraham does. So Abraham built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. In other words, when God spoke to Abraham, what did Abraham do? He built an altar. When God revealed himself to Abraham, what did he do? He built an altar. And why did he build the altar? Yes, he sacrificed on the altar. But that altar was an altar of remembrance so that he would remember the word that God spoke to him. He would remember the promise that God made to him. And I want to suggest to you today that when God speaks to you, write it down. When God speaks to you, build an altar so that you can go back to the promise of God and you can remember that God was faithful to the promise that he made to you. Come on, somebody. Help me out and say amen. Glory to God. And now Abraham's son, Jacob, he's a surplanter. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob now is a surplanter. He needs a transformation of character. And so God puts him through this difficult situation, and he's on the run from his brother Esau. Esau wants to kill Jacob. He's on the run. But notice what God does. In the midst of the deepest, darkest times of our life, God still wants to speak to us. And now the Bible tells us that Jacob's on the run. Notice what happens. So Jacob, Genesis 35, so Jacob comes to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan. Now he's in the land of Canaan. And he and all the people were with him. And what does he do? He builds an altar there. And he calls the place El Bethel. Because the Lord God had, listen to me, revealed himself to him when he fled from his brother. Wow. God revealed himself to Jacob. And I believe today that God wants to reveal himself again to you. Whatever you're going through in your life, whatever's happening in your life today, whatever fire that you're walking through, whatever valley that you're walking through, whatever situation in your life, God wants to reveal himself to you. He is the God who is sovereign, and he's the God of love, and he is God, Yahweh, but he also wants to reveal to you today that God is faithful that he will be faithful to you. In fact, when the people of Israel were delivered from Egypt, God gives them an altar to build. It's an altar. It's a place of remembrance. He says, every year, I want you to celebrate the Passover. It's an altar. I want you to celebrate my faithfulness. I want you every year to remember what I did. 
And now today, the Bible gives us another altar that we need to have in our life to celebrate. And so Jesus says, after I die, after I'm resurrected, after I ascend to heaven, I'm giving you an ordinance. I'm giving you an altar. It's called the ordinance of Last Supper or Holy Supper or communion, where each time Jesus says, as often as you eat it, some people do it every week. Some churches do it every week, and there's no problem with that. Some people do it once a month. There's no problem. What does he say, though? He says, as often as you eat this and as often as you drink this, you do it in what? remembrance of me. What are you remembering? The finished work of the cross. What are you remembering? The faithfulness of God, as Pastor Jared said a little while ago in the service, that God gave Adam and Eve a promise that the seed of the woman would come and crush the head of the enemy. That was Jesus, and God made a promise in Genesis, and God kept that promise in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where Jesus comes. He is the fulfillment of God's promise, and Jesus says every time you drink of that cup every time you eat of that bread you remember the faithfulness of God that God was faithful even though you were yet a sinner even though you were not coming to God God came to you hallelujah Jesus came down in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and Jesus came to be a ransom for many and when he was hanging on the cross God was saying I am faithful to my promises hallelujah and every time we partake of communion we say thank you lord for your faithfulness when i am faithless god you remain faithful see we often forget what god has done and that's exactly what happened to the people of israel they often forgot how faithful god was to them they suffered miracle amnesia it's so amazing to see how the israelites forgot so quickly what god had done god turned the water into blood so that the, Israel, the Egyptians would recognize that he was a mighty God. God unleashes terrible plagues on the Egyptians. God parts the Red Sea. God provides for the Israelites every single day. The God of the universe had just tossed around the most powerful man on the face of the earth like a rag doll, Pharaoh. God didn't just humble Pharaoh. He, he broke his spirit and revealed Pharaoh's impotence compared to a God who is mighty. A slave people now leave his nation in shambles. This display of God's power sent vibrations throughout the whole world, inspiring fear and awe of God. But just in a few short days, the people of Israel had forgotten how powerful, how faithful God was to them. And when they face the less than perfect situation, instead of using their faith to pray and believe God for another miracle, they just gave in to fear. They just gave in to discouragement and started to complain. They threw up their hands and said, we want to go back to Egypt. We're finished. We're going to die in this desert. Moses, you tricked us. You brought us into this desert, this barren wasteland to die. But God said to Joshua, Joshua, you can't afford to allow the people of Israel to forget what I did in the past. Because in the land where I'm taking you, there are giants in the land. And you can't afford to allow yourselves to forget my goodness and my faithfulness. Why? Because listen to me. Forgetting God's faithfulness leads to grumbling and complaining. And grumbling and complaining leads to doubt and unbelief. And doubt and unbelief leads to fear. And fear paralyzes us and keeps us from obeying God in our life. So grumbling and complaining leads to doubt and unbelief. And unbelief always leads to disobeying and rebelling against what God has told you to do. That's why you need to be really careful. I, I'm just simply amazed at myself. I am so blessed. I mean, I'm blessed to live in the United States. I mean, it's got its problems, but it's still the best country in the world. Come on, somebody. And, and I'm amazed how quickly I forget that I ate something just this morning. My stomach begins to remind me, and I forget 
that God was faithful and I ate something this morning and I forget that I live in a nice house and I forget that I've got a new car and I forget that I've got the best church in all the world. I mean, I've got the best people that I pastor in all the world. I've got the best looking people in the world. I've got the most giving people in the world. I've got the most faithful people in the world. I've got people that love Jesus more than anything else. I've got a great church. I've got an incredible wife. And listen, I forget so often how great my wife is because you know what? After the service today, I'm going to go home and she's going to cook me some pasta and she's going to give me some eggplant on top of that pasta and I'm going to have some regatta on top of that eggplant. And then after that, she's going to give me a massage and she's going to say, honey, that was the best sermon you ever preached in the whole life. I am so blessed. But I'm so amazed and with all the blessings of God in my life, I'm so amazed that they, with all the things that God has given me, it just takes one bad thing to happen in my life and I forget. It just takes one thing that was, wasn't in my plans and I start to grumble and complain. And when I grumble in my, and I begin to complain, My spirit hears what I'm saying with my lips. Listen to me. You are the most influential person in your life. Let me say that again. You are the most influential person in your life. You talk to yourself more than anyone else talks to you. So let me make a suggestion. You better change what you're saying to yourself. Because if you don't change what you're saying to yourself, your spirit's going to begin to believe what you're saying with your lips and you're going to get paralyzed with fear because grumbling and complaining leads to fear and fear leads to disobedience. It's just like the people of Israel. God said, you send them into the promised land. Show them all the good things that I've got. And they come back. What does the Bible say? They grumbled and they complained and they spread a bad report and it went throughout all the camp and they began to wail and weep. That's what happens when you speak negatively. You speak death over your life instead of life over your life. That's why God tells us that we're to give thanks in all situations, not for all situations, but in every situation. We're to give thanks for the Lord because this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. You need to say thank you, Jesus, every day. I praise you and I thank you for your blessings in my life. And I remember, Lord, when you've been faithful to me, Lord God. I remember remember the time that you were faithful to me, Lord. I remember when I was sick and you raised me up. I remember when I couldn't get out of bed because I was depressed, but you got me out of bed. I remember when I was going through the fire and you stood in the fire with me. I remember when I had to climb that tall mountain and you gave me the strength to get up that mountain. Lord, I remember your faithfulness in my life. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. If God's been faithful to you, give the Lord a shout. Come on. If God's been faithful to you, say, thank you, Jesus for your faithfulness. That's why I love what David says in Psalms 103. He said, praise the Lord, oh my soul. He didn't just say, praise the Lord, oh my lips. He says, but deep down in my soul, the very core of my life, he said, praise the Lord. With all that is within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not, forget not all of his benefits. He said, let me remind you of his benefits. David said, don't forget, remember that he forgives all your sins, all your sins, and heals all your diseases, and redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with love and compassion, and satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth may be renewed like eagles. Remember that he works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Remember he is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities, as high as is the heavens above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so has he removed our sin from us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's redemption at its best. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. 
He knows that we're just dust. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're a pretty good looking dust. (laughs) He knows that the life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children with those who keep his covenant, remember to obey his precepts. David implores us to simply remember that God is sovereign, that God is in control, that God is able, that God is good, that God is great and greatly to be praised, but God is faithful, that God has always been faithful. God is faithful in all that he does. Why do we need to remember that? Why do we need to be reminded of the faithfulness of God? Obviously, because we want to love him. That's the core. The very core is we just want to love him because he is faithful. Even when we're faithless, he is faithful. But I want you to know, I want to suggest to you today that one of the other reasons why we need to remember the faithfulness of God is because every one of us in this room, at one point in our life, we are going to be standing on the brink of the Red Sea. And we are going to see water on every side and we're going to see the enemy fast approaching us. And we are going to be on the brink of the Jordan River and there's going to be a promise on the other side of the river and there's going to be some impossible situations that we're going to be facing in our life. Every single one of us in this room are going to face a giant situation in our life. And like David, we're going to have to learn to look back and see the faithfulness of God in our life. You know the story of David and his brothers. Goliath is taunting them day after day after day after day. Send me someone who believes that their God is faithful. Send me someone who believes that their God is able. Send me somebody who believes that their God is a victorious God. And not one of them came down into that valley. Now, don't be so hard on them. I'm not sure I would have ran as quickly as as they didn't do it as well. But David comes to the front line and he sees all that's happening. And I love what David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the God who is sovereign, the God who is able, the God who is victorious, the God who is faithful? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that that stands against the God who created the heavens and the earth, the Yahweh, the one who is and always will be? David said, I'll go fight him. Notice what David does. He goes to Saul. And Saul says to David, but David, listen, I'm a warring man, and I happen to know that Goliath is big. He's a big dude. I don't think you're really seeing him from the mountaintop. I think he might look a little too small from down there, but when you stand next to him, he towers over nine feet tall. David, you're just a boy. How in the world are you going to do this? And Saul tries to give him his armor, but the armor doesn't fit David. And David said, well, let me think for a moment, Saul. Oh, King Saul, I I really want to be respectful to you, King Saul, but let me think for a moment. You see, when I was in the field one time, there was a lion that came and wanted to eat up the sheep, but God gave me the strength to destroy the lion. And then there was a bear, and the bear wanted to come and eat me up and eat all my sheep up. But God somehow, I know it was a a huge situation, but God came. God gave me strength. God delivered me from the bear. God delivered me from the lion. And God will deliver me from this giant. And so you've got to look back in your life because there are going to be times when you're facing a Red Sea or a Jordan River, or worse than that, you're facing a giant that wants to knock off your head and that's when you got to rise up and say let me remember there was a time when I was so depressed let me remember there was a time when my family was almost destroyed it was on the brink of divorce let me think of a time when I thought I wasn't going to make it financially but somehow God made a way where there is no way and I'm able to say today yes Lord if you did it before you'll do it again because you're okay come on somebody help me out today And praise the Lord with me. Hallelujah. When we face the greatest challenges of our life, God says to you and I, take a moment and look back at my fingerprints all over your life, all through your life. Remember how I protected you from making a shipwreck out of your life. Remember how I took your shipwreck life 
and turned it into a blessed life. Remember how I awakened you to the ugliness of your sin. And remember how I washed away all your sin and gave you a brand new start in your life. Remember even though your, your loved ones were sick, some survived, some didn't, I still gave you the promise that you are not to let your heart be troubled for if you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I go away to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you might be also. Remember how God sustained you during the seasons of darkness and pain. One day, just, just, just one day at a time. Here's what I have found. I have found that God sustains us one day at a time. Just one, one. Now, I don't know about you, but I really wish at times that God would just Give me a boatload of money, God. Just go ahead. Come on. You know, I'm not a gambling man. I've never played the lotto. But God, send somebody who won it <laughs> and touch his heart to give me some of it. You know, God, just fill up my bank account so I don't have to worry about this anymore. God, fill up my bank account so I don't have to work anymore. I mean, I'll come to church on Sunday, preach a sermon, and then I'll play golf for the rest of the week. Some people think, believe that I do that anyway. Now, I just wish God would make these promises. Like, you know what? Don't worry, Steve. For the rest of your life, you'll never have to battle any sickness in your life. I guarantee you, Steve, that you don't have to, you don't have to deal with any people in your life that are going to give you a problem. You're just going to have a really smooth... How many of you would like that kind of guarantee? I don't know about you. I like that. I like that kind of guarantee. Listen, I'll put money in your bank account. I mean, that's what some, that's what some evangelists are telling us anyway, I guess. you know, It's like you come to Jesus, he'll fill up your bank account, give you all the money that you want. You'll never get sick again. You'll never have a problem in your life. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, in this world, you will have many trials, many tribulations, but be uh, of good cheer. I have overcome the evil one. Glory to God. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Why? Because I've got a plan for your life. I'm going to be faithful. And James tells us, consider it pure joy. When you've got to go through problems, in your life because it makes you the man and woman of God you need to be because you learn how to trust him and have faith and then after it's all done and God was faithful then God gives you a testimony you can't have a money without a test come on somebody you can't have a testimony without the faithfulness of God and he said and they overcame him by the word of their testimony the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and I'm going to take your story and I'm going to take your trial and I'm going to take your situation and I'm going to use it for my glory and my honor and you're going to take your situation and your testimony and your trial and you're going to, you're going to get on the rooftop and you're going to shout it from the rooftop that these were the things that were going on in my life but God showed up in the darkest moment of my life. God showed up in the valley. God showed up in the fire. God showed up when I didn't have any more food on the, on the table. God showed up and he's faithful. Hallelujah. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Come on, somebody. Come on, God, give us a story. Give us a story. Give us a testimony, God, so that we can be a blessing to the world. Hallelujah. So I, I'm going to suggest to you that you memorize Psalms 119.89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in the heaven. Your faithfulness endures throughout all generations. So that when you come to that place in your life, when you need to pull up that story, you'll be reminded of the goodness of the Lord. Let me suggest to you that there are 12 stones of God's faithfulness. God is faithful to every covenant that he made. Deuteronomy, know therefore the Lord your God is a faithful God who keeps his covenant. God's entire work is done with the DNA of his faithfulness Psalms 33, for the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in his faithfulness. Hallelujah. He who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. God will protect you according to his faithfulness. Psalms 91, 4, he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. Because God is faithful, God will establish you according to his faithfulness. 2 Thessalonians 3, the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Because God is faithful and just, he will always forgive those who confess their sins 
1 John 1, 9, if you, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive you of your sins and purify you from all unrighteousness. God is faithful in all of our lives not to allow us to be tempted above what we can handle. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man, but God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted above what you can handle, but with every temptation will provide a way to escape that you may be able to endure it. Because God is faithful, God is faithful to every promise he has made. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The nation of Israel, the people of Israel, are a proven fact that God is faithful. 1948, they become a nation again. Doesn't know when, we don't know when, we don't know how, but God is always faithful to every promise that he made. Maybe some of us are sitting here today and somebody made you a promise and they hurt you because they were not faithful. But because God is faithful, he will never make a promise that he will not come through. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make good on it? God will make good on it every time. Because God is faithful, God, God's love will be waiting for you every morning. I love this, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases, for his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. How many of you can sing that? How many of you can say that together as you look back at your life? God has been faithful. Would you stand to your feet right now? Now, I know that every one of us in this room have a tendency to forget our faithfulness. God's faithfulness in our life. Welcome back from Italy. So just because we tend to be people who forget, I have a gift for you this morning. Bring it in. Bring it in, boys. Now, here's what I want you to do. In a minute, stay put. See, we all tend to forget the faithfulness of God in our life. You could start playing. They, they think I'm finishing. Hey, there's no power in this rock. This is not like a, a, a blessed rock. If you give me $1,000, I'll give you the rock. There's no power in this rock. In fact, I got this rock from Holden Depot about five minutes ago. <laughs> but I think all of us in our life, we're gonna face some difficult days. Maybe some of you are facing it right now. And we're just gonna need a reminder. That's all. I'm not asking you to pray to this rock. This rock will not bless you. This rock will not provide for you, it's just a rock. But I want you to take this rock and I want you to put it in your car. So when you're driving the work in the morning or put it in your bag or put it in your backpack or put it somewhere. And in the morning when you get up and you're driving the work or going to school and fear starts to grip your heart and you start to forget how good and faithful your God has been. Pull out the rock. Now, there used to be a rock that you could speak to. Remember that rock? What is it called? Pet rock? I'm giving you your new pet rock. And pull it out. And I know people are going to think you're crazy, but start talking to the rock. Hey, rock, thank you that my God has always been faithful. Hallelujah. I remember the time, rock, when I was sick, but God healed me. Hallelujah. 
I remember when my husband wanted to leave me, when we started to pray and God touched him and he got saved and gave his life to Jesus. Come on, talk to the rock, hallelujah, and tell the rock that God is faithful because you can praise the Lord because if you don't praise the Lord, this rock is going to start praising the Lord back at you and saying, you fool, God is always faithful. Come on, somebody. So here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to get out of your seat. And we're going to try to do this as orderly as we can. Hey, put that rock down. Put that, put that rock down. Put that rock down. I didn't tell you to get out of your seat yet. Put that rock down. Man, she got her rock. I want you to grab a rock. And after you get your rock, I want you to go back to your seat because we're going to pray a prayer. And we're going to thank the Lord. And we're going to rip the roof off of this place. And we're going to sing that song, God Made a Way. And if you need to sing it, God will make a way. We're going to sing it together. Come on. Come get a rock. Sing it one more time. You made a way. Now, I think... Um, I think it's important, and every time I preach a sermon, I got to think about one thing, and the most important thing is that somehow we tie it all together, and we make one person be seen in all that we do, and that is Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that because of what Christ has done for us, Jesus It pleases the Father. It pleases the Father that we look to Jesus. 
and that we love Jesus and we worship Jesus and we make Jesus known in everything that we do. He is the center of all of God's faithfulness. Jesus. And I want you to know that when he comes back again, he will have written upon him faithful. Hallelujah. That he will be known as the King of kings and the Lord of lords who is faithful. Hallelujah. Jesus is faithful. I want you to bow your heads and maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, I'm not certain that if I die today, I'd go to heaven. I don't know that I have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know if I have a relationship with God and I, I want to have that personal relationship with Jesus. There's some folks that want to give you some information and to pray for you because it begins with knowledge. It begins with the gospel and the gospel is the knowledge that, that God loved you so much that he sent his son and Jesus loved you so much that he died on the cross and the spirit loves you so much that he comes to live inside of you and makes you a new person through his spirit living inside of you. And you say, Pastor, pray for me today. I want you to raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, I'm not sure, but I need Jesus in my life. Would you raise your hand right now? Yes, 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 yes. Right after the service today, there's going to be some, we call them counselors, altar counselors. And they want to give you some information. They want to pray for you. Would you make your way forward as everybody's leaving? Just make your way forward. They want to give you some really important information so that you can get on on your journey with faith, with your faith journey. But uh, how many of you in this room, you'd say, Pastor Steve, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm facing something in my life. I can't believe that. 100% of us would not raise our hand because I think all of us in this world that we live in, we're, we're always facing something. And I just need to always remember the faithfulness of God in my life. See, I have my own story of how God has taken me through the pain of my life and the struggles of my life. And every time I start to get discouraged or I forget, I just go back. And I, and I remember the time when God pulled me out of that dark time in my life, when God healed my mother, when God did this, when God that, did that. I just, and I'm able to say, yes, Lord, you're faithful again. God wants you to remember. He's a God who calls us to remember. So I just want you to <laughs> hold up your pet rock and let's just, by faith, there's no power in this rock, folks, but there is power in our faith to believe that God is faithful. And let's pray together. Would you pray with me? Oh, my rock fell. That was unfaithful of me. Let's pray. Father, help me to remember. Help me to remind myself of your goodness and your faithfulness in my life. Lord, I believe that you are faithful. I know you're faithful. And I will stand upon your promises each day, one day at a time. You will be faithful to give me new mercies. They will follow me all the days of my life. I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a clap over. Come on.